Ely is a historic city, full of alleys and cobbles and all in the shadow of its enormous cathedral. We feel that full of this stuff, Hello. Sorry to interrupt you. I make a podcast where I talk to strangers and I ask them where they're going and you're packing up your van. I'm with, kind of rearranging I'd, it. Oh, rearranging <laughs> it. I've got to get some stuff in for the other van around the other side. And then where are you going with all of this decorated stuff? So we're conservators. We're actually cleaning the west doors at Ely Cathedral. Yeah, so we've been doing that for the last week and a half and then previous before Christmas. Wow. How do you get to become a conservator? Um... Well, I did it a really strange route. I went to university and did art history and then did an apprenticeship and did conservation that way with a stonemasonry company. And I'm guessing that's quite painstaking work. And I'm ge- I haven't even seen the doors yet, but I'm guessing they're not small? No, they're not small. They're huge and they're very intricate. They've got like a facing, a 19th century facing on them with lots of ironwork, very decorative ironwork. And um, we've been cleaning all the old wax off them, off the wood and the metalwork, and then repairing the... Um, Sorry, not repairing, re-waxing everything and sort of treating all the metalwork. And do you know the last time that somebody did this? Or did they not have records? Well, no, but the way... I think someone has smeared, like, black wax all over it, I think possibly in the 90s, but maybe earlier. Mm. Yeah, so it was sort of done as a protective thing, so we're just redoing what they did previously. And what does it feel like, taking care of something so old and so... I mean, it's majestic. It's right behind your van, looming up behind it's you. It's, yeah. I mean, it, it makes you feel sick. It makes you feel vertigo when you look up at it. It's I just far off. It's great. Um, no, I love working in Ely Cathedral. It's, it's gorgeous. And we get um, I get to work on all build, old buildings all around the country. So, Which other yeah. ones have you worked on? So we've done a lot of work in London, a lot of work in Norwich, a uh, lot of... the firm's based up in Grantham so we've you know we've done a lot of um, Yorkshire um, I've done work at Lindisfarne yeah so all of those places and when it's done or when you're working on it do you is it too much to suggest that you might sort of commune a bit with the other people so many hands must have pushed those doors yeah what's lovely is that when you're working on an object that closely you actually um, can see the workmanship of the previous conservator or even the the original um, craftsman really yeah which is lovely and as I think because I get to be that close up to objects like that this is kind of a great privilege and where do you go in your head? Are you thinking what you're doing or does your mind wander free? I'm, I'm writing shopping lists and things. <laughs> I was looking for poetry, but OK. <laughs> no, 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 it's not deep. It's like, oh, I think I need to do some washing when I get back. It's like, <laughs> How long have you been doing this then? I'll leave you to get uh, on. 20 years. Yeah. So you considered sort of one of the, I don't know, wise, wise ladies of conservancy now? <laughs> do you graduate? Uh, you wish, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean... I don't know. I don't think of anyone. Yeah, I don't know if I've got that respect or not. <laughs> do you love it? I do love it, yeah. yeah and yeah. what is it about it that you love, if you haven't already told me? Um, it's, I suppose it's the ability to be kind of working with your hands and creating, um, as well as um, indulging my sort of interest um, for history. Plus also I get to problem solve and kind of be practical. It's kind of all of those things. Plus, I'm never in the same place in the same, you know, for very long. Yeah. So it's always kind of going somewhere new and interesting. Yeah. It sort of satisfies my curiosity quite a lot. Yeah, I can imagine that would be a privilege. So I'll leave you to your... I'm not going to say <laughs> messy mess. van, because that's really... absolute mess in the back. <laughs> you could caught it just as I was just dismantling it all. Thank you very much. There you go. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
Excuse me. Hello. Sorry to bother you when you're on your way. I make a podcast where I stop strangers and embarrass myself a little bit. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> and ask them where they're going. And you were going at quite a lick, and I was wondering where you're heading. I'm going home. Oh, yes? I'm where have you been? Up. And uh, I've been shopping at the butchers in uh, the marketplace, you know, and I get some meat for the week. And then I go into Waitrose and do a bit of shopping there. And then uh, I'm on my way home. It's quite bitter, isn't it, the wind? Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy life. I, I'm 91 years old. You're 91? Yeah, yeah. Have you lived in Ely your whole life? Uh, since 1954. I lived at Haddam then. And uh, I went and worked on farm the second year we were married. And there was the haste with the job, and uh, I went there and worked on a farm called Percy Stevens. It's right on the edge of Witchford Airfield. I yeah. think I know it, yeah. Yeah, it's called um, Paradise Farm. Yep. Yeah, I think now they do uh, riding, riding for the disabled, don't they, there? Yeah. And yeah. what did you do when you were there? I drove across the tractor. Did you? Yeah, yeah, done all the deep ploughing, you know. The bad name, Mr. Stevens, he had five farms then. I used to go around different farms doing all the deep ploughing and all the cultivation and everything because he used to grow early potatoes. And uh, I used to prepare all the land for that and for the sugar beet and play for the sugar beet field as well. It's beautiful soil. Whenever you come up on the train to Ely, that black black soil yes it's good is, growing soil it is lovely yeah 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 it's um it's not so much for molten barley for brewery because you want the, the bit strong land for that mm. yeah so how long did you work on the farm for i worked on the farm for um oh close on 30 years yeah i left there i then come to uh, barton farm that's just down the road there and looked after a herd of, herd of freezing cows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, what a lovely job. Yeah, yeah. What are Frisians like? What kind of character or personality uh, do they have? They're black and white. Oh, I know what they look like. Yeah, yeah, but they're quite nice. They're very inquisitive animal, but uh, once you get to know them, you know, you can talk to them like I'm talking to you, and they <laughs> they seem to understand what you're saying, and... In the winter time, you could go in the yard where they are, and uh, if they was laying down, they still keep laying down. And you'd go along them and you'd you'd stroke them on the forehead, you know, and uh, <laughs> and speak to them, you know, just like you would would an ordinary person. And they seem to know it. So you're a man that's oh my wire. You're a man that's really been connected with the land around here, the yes, animals and yeah, the land. And yeah, yeah. do you do you miss that? Well, I don't, not now, because I've been retired um, 30 years or more, yeah. Because I had to retire when I was 60. I had a massive stroke, you know. And after the stroke, I suffered from epileptic fits, you know. And uh, so I've been through the wars a bit. Yeah, Yeah. that sounds like it. So that must be quite hard, because to be a farmer, looking after machinery, tractors, ploughing, and then cows, you must have been... A strong, capable chap. Yes, yeah, yeah. But uh, I enjoy life, yeah. <laughs> you look like you do. You've got a twinkle about you. Oh, well, that's <laughs> nice to know, yeah. yeah. And tell me, you said you moved into the first house on the farm with your wife. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about her. 
Well, I met her at a dance when the Corn Exchange was in Ely. Uh, that was on the Market Square. Well, it just happened so that I, we had a dance together, you know, and uh, and then I did another dance come along I liked, so I had another dance with her and uh, never thought more about it. And uh, she lived in Ely and I lived at Haddenham. So I used to cycle from uh, Haddenham to Ely to see her. I used to go every other week and uh, eventually I said to her, well, I'm had enough of this cycling to say, we want to make kid married. <laughs> so she said, well, I never thought you were going to ask. <laughs> yeah. You must have been very fit those days, all that cycling. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> when we first got married, I, I worked on a the farm then in Haddenham. We rented a little cottage there. The farmer I worked for, he was a bad payer. You know, you perhaps wait five or six weeks before you got your money. And I said to him after I got married, I said, look, I'd like my money every week, you know. I said, look, Wilf wants to go shopping and she wants money for the pay for the shopping. So I said, I'll give you a month to see if you change your ways so I don't have my money every week. And uh, that never happened. So... I looked in the ED Standard and there was an advert in there for a tractor driver with a farm ace with it. And I rung up about this job and the man came over the same night and took us over and looked at the house and then we went on the Saturday when it was light and looked around the farm. And uh, I said, yes, I'll take the job. And that's how I come to stay there. Lovely. Yeah. So tell me the... How long you were married for then? Oh, we was married for um, close on 48 years. Wow. Yeah. It's a long time. Yeah, yeah. We had our ruby wedding and then uh, several years after that she she got diabetes. I had to go into Edinburgh's hospital and uh, she, uh, the worst thing I had to do in my life was I had to give consent for for them to have a, one of our legs amputated and uh, and uh, they said that would give her an extra longer life but uh, evidently um, they wanted to take her other leg off and, I, and they said she won't never be able to come home no more she'll have to go into a, a home I went and looked at this home in Littleport the room they took me into, there was a lady in there, she'd got no legs and she was in complete darkness and all she wanted was music playing all the while. And uh, <clears throat> I thought, no, I, she couldn't stand that sort of life. So uh, I, uh, I wouldn't give consent to have the other leg off and it was only a matter of weeks and then she passed away. Yeah, but uh, every time I went to the hospital and come out, there was a little room on the side, and in that room there was a, a pot of freshly made tea and milk and cups and cup and saucer and the sugar base, and so that I you had to call in there and help myself for a cup of drink before I come home. Yeah. It's a very very hard decision you made. Yes. Yeah. Well, it was a hard decision. Yeah. The yeah, right one, yeah, yeah. Well, then, uh, after she died, I had a job to go out 
because I used to put my hand on the on the door and say, there's the handle. And as soon as I put my hand on the door, I said, no, I can't go out. And that went on for about six weeks. And when I eventually went out, I went out because I, I was on a scooter then. And when I come back, I didn't want to come in the back into the house. I got a short uh, garden gate so that I could see over the gate. And just the other side of the fence, there was a little robin there on a border made of lug rolls. And he sat on there and he kept looking up at me and the chirping. As much to say, you must come in. So eventually I went in the gate and as I went by the gate, uh, the robin hopped on and sat on the gate as much to say, you're home now and this is where you belong. And I shut the gate and the, as I shut the gate, the robin flew back on the log rolls and uh, watched me while I went in the haze, yeah. Well, you've made me quite tear up a little bit. Yeah, That's a lovely yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard losing someone. Well, it is, yes, yeah, yeah. But uh, But you're out and about these days. Yes, yeah, yeah, and I, I really enjoy life, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for stopping and talking. That's really made my day. Oh, good, good. <laughs> and I love your scarf. It's very natty. Your silk, you've got a silky scarf to keep the wind out. That's right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah we had something noisy there. I don't know what that was. They're cleaning something in there, I think. Yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. yeah. What meat did you get for your dinner? Well, I've got some I've got some sausages today, yeah. Sausages that sounds... of pork cheese, pork brawn. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing pork, better pork when it's chilly. I really enjoyed talking to you. Yeah, well, thank, thank you. you I'll think of you when I go I past the field. Bye-bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bye. I'll let you drive away. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye. Where Are You Going? with me, Catherine Carr, is brought to you by the team at Loftus Media, with music by Edwin Pearson. If you enjoyed it, please do follow us wherever you listen to your other podcasts. Even better, if you happen to get chatting to someone on a long train journey, maybe tell them about where are you going. I'd love to tell you what's coming up on the next episode, but you just never know.